Hello, and welcome to the Charlottesville Community Engagement Newscast for August 12, 2020. It's the third anniversary of the Unite the Right rally and the violence that took place in downtown Charlottesville. More in a moment. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, the creator of the Charlottesville Podcasting Network. Today's installment has a shout-out for a fundraiser called Seaville STEM, Support Schools in COVID Times. UVA doctors have teamed up with schools and want your financial support for school scientific supplies for up to 2,100 children in city schools who might not otherwise have access to these materials. They are very close to meeting their goal. Learn more in the link in the newsletter. Today is the third anniversary of the Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville, which resulted in a vehicle being deliberately driven down 4th Street into a crowd of counter-protesters, killing Heather Heyer and severely injuring dozens of others. Charlottesville City Hall will be closed for a time of reflection and remembrance, so will the vehicular crossings of the downtown mall. A coalition of groups, including the Charlottesville Democratic Socialists of America and Showing Up for Racial Justice Charlottesville, plan to hold an event beginning at 1 p.m. at Market Street Park, where the statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee stands. However, City Manager Teron Richardson issued a statement yesterday warning that his pandemic-related decision to stop issuing permits for events at city parks still stands. In his statement, he asked that the community continue to follow all aspects of the local COVID-19 ordinance, including the wearing of face masks or adhering to the gathering limits. He went on to state that it was important that roads not be blocked in protests. On August 8th, the city issued a statement that sought to remind the public that gatherings of 50 people or more were specifically prohibited by council on July 27th, when the city enacted restrictions that are greater than what it is allowed under Phase 3 of Governor Ralph Northam's Forward Virginia plan. At 7 p.m. tonight, the University of Virginia's Religion, Race, and Democracy Lab will hold a Zoom webinar that reflects on three years ago. The title is Praying With Our Feet, Religious Activists Remember the Unite the Right Rally in Charlottesville. Speakers include Jelaine Schmidt, an activist who helped build community support for removal of Confederate statues, and Don Gathers, a founder of the city's chapter of Black Lives Matter and founding member of the Police Civilian Review Board. There are another 776 cases of COVID-19 in Virginia reported by the state health department this morning, and another eight deaths for a total of 2,352 to date. The seven-day average for positive tests has dropped to 7.3% statewide. The Thomas Jefferson Health District has another 23 cases, with eight from Albemarle, five from Louisa, four from Charlottesville, two from Green, two from Fluvanna, and two from Nelson. The James River Water Authority meets today to discuss delaying the application process for a pump station to bring water to the growth area at Zion Crossroads. In March, authority members from Louisa and Fluvanna counties voted to proceed with a plan to build the pump station at a Monacan site called Rossowek, which was a major population center before colonization. That's prompted over 10,000 signatures on a petition organized by the group Cultural Heritage Partners. In the letter, D.D. Watson, the chair of the JRWA, said that the authority is confident that the revised application materials submitted in March are the only practical alternative, but he did say that they have continued to engage in discussions with interested parties on the matter. The letter goes on to state that Louisa and Fluvanna need an expanded water supply to support population growth, and that a short delay will allow for the study of alternatives to the site at Rossowek. Look to coverage on this from Allison Rabel in a future edition of The Daily Progress and get more information from her previous story that's linked in the newsletter.
The pandemic has delayed the public dedication of the memorial to enslaved laborers at the University of Virginia, but the monument has become a central gathering point in the community, as seen during the protests against the killing of George Floyd. There will be a virtual panel discussion about the architecture of the memorial at 4 p.m., held by ARC Daily. Participants include members of the UVA Office of the Architect and the architects themselves. The Charlottesville Planning Commission said goodbye to one of its longest-serving members last night. Lisa Green has served on the seven-member body since October 2010, and her final term ends at the end of this month. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I know sometimes it doesn't seem like it, uh, but I am passionate about this city, and I, I see all the potential. Green was recently appointed to serve on the Board of Commissioners for the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority. She's also a 19-year veteran of working for Albemarle County. I think I am rooted into public service. I believe in public service. I believe in local government. I believe in all the things that we can do better. And I truly believe in that there are systems that we can change to make it more Charlottesville City Council has not yet appointed a replacement, so Green will continue to serve until they do so. Interview with applicants for the position have not yet been conducted, according to Council Clerk Keena Thomas. We'll have an update on the Charlottesville Planning Commission's discussion on the Comprehensive Plan and the New Hill Community Vision Plan on a later show. The Crozet Community Advisory Committee meets at 7 p.m. tonight and begins with a discussion about Old Dominion Village. Developer Katura Roel is requesting a rezoning of just over 14 acres from rural area to neighborhood model district for the creation of a new neighborhood. However, the land is not within the jurisdiction of the Albemarle County Service Authority. Currently, only the existing structure on the property is allowed to connect to public water. The applicant will request that connection as well as to public sewer. The Crozet CAC will also discuss the results of community feedback on bike and pedestrian connectivity. And that's it for this installment of the Community Engagement Newscast on August 12th, 2020. We'll be back tomorrow with another program uh, that captures what's happening and what's happened. Uh, We're going to try to get some sound bites from today if we can, working to make sure we can provide you information. If you have enjoyed this program so far, uh, please send it on to a friend. We're trying to grow the audience uh, and to get this thing building up. Uh, As I said, I'm Sean Tubbs, and I thank you so much for listening, and be safe out there today.